I want to just give a word of welcome to our online audience and those who are watching us live. Quiero dar la bienvenida a los que nos están viendo en vivo. Bienvenidos a todos ustedes. I'm glad that you can tune in in this way, and uh, we are grateful for that, and hope that this is a blessing for you as well. Espero que sea una bendición para ustedes también. I'm also grateful we just baptized a young man, and we promised that we would bring this young child up in the ways of the Lord, well, that promise has been extended to all of our children in the sense that we care about them and we want them to know God. And so that's why we have a children in worship program. And I want to send our boys and girls out to children in worship right now. Quiero enviar a los niños al tiempo de niños en adoración ahora. They will be in great hands with wonderful, caring uh, teachers to share with them God's word. As they are doing that, I just want to also uh, let you know we are working on Um, protocols and plans to open up our nursery in the next few weeks. We will keep you posted on that. We want you to be aware that that's in the works. Estamos trabajando para abrir la guardería en estos días y espero que sea pronto, pero les vamos a avisar uh, en el camino. Also, we have uh, put out there this thing called a theology survey, and I hope that you will have an opportunity to take it if you haven't already. We'd like to have results by tomorrow if we can. Uh, It's online. You can email us. If you don't have uh, the survey, we can get you a link, and we hope that you'll just take a few moments. It's completely anonymous, free, all of that good stuff, and it really was just a, a tool to help us to see where we can grow in our understanding of the truths, the deep truths of the Christian faith. Tenemos una encuesta en línea de teología, se llama, y si ustedes no tienen un vínculo, les podemos facilitar por email un vínculo de 35 preguntas anónimas, de forma anónima, y que pueden ayudarnos en el plan de enseñanza de la iglesia. So we're in this series on Proverbs, talking about the way to maturity, and I want to invite you to open up your Bibles Two Proverbs. We're going to start around chapter 28 today. Vamos a comenzar con Proverbios 28 hoy. So be ready. We'll be looking at scriptures again as we go through this time together. So when you or I go to the doctor, and I hope you haven't had to do that recently, but when that happens with a sickness perhaps or with an injury, uh, there is a pretty set routine. Hay una rutina cuando vamos al médico con una enfermedad o una herida. First, you're going to go in and you're going to describe for the doctor your problem. Le vas a describir el problema. My neck hurts or, uh, you know, I have a fever or sore throat. Me duele el cuello, tengo calentura, etc. Now, from that basic description, uh, the doctor might start poking around our bodies a little bit. And then he or she will offer up Uh, some descriptions in more maybe technical jargon. Después el doctor nos revisa el cuerpo y da una descripción más técnica. The doctor might say, ah, notice here slight erythema. I think that's redness of the skin. Tony, help me out on that, but I think it is. Uh, erythema, it is uh, una piel rojiza. Or, or you have pronounced edema. Tienes edema, that's a, a swelling in the joints, hinchazón de las coyunturas, that kind of thing. Well, once the doctor has kind of described the symptoms, the presenting symptoms, después de escribir las síntomas, then the doctor is going to try to ascertain or determine a diagnosis. Después determina una diagnosis. You have tendinitis, tendonitis. Or you have a simple fracture of the radial bone. I know someone who's got one of those right now. Tienes fractura del hueso radial. Or, or, or you have sinusitis or whatever the case may be. Tienes sinusitis. Whatever, right? 
And so once the doctor has a description and a diagnosis, then the doctor's going to offer a prescription. Luego hay una receta, una prescripción. Amoxicillin, two tablets, twice a day. Amoxicillin, dos tabletas, dos veces al día. You need physical therapy, three times a week. Fisioterapias, tres veces a la semana. Or the old standby, take two aspirin and call me in the morning. Right? There's all kinds of ways that a doctor can give a prescription. So good medicine is going to begin with a description, proceed to a diagnosis, and then yield or produce a prescription. La buena medicina comienza con una descripción, después hay una diagnosis y luego una prescripción. So as we look at the scriptures, as we look at Proverbs this morning, I want you to keep in mind those three concepts. I think those three concepts of description, diagnosis, and prescription can be very helpful for us as we approach scripture, and in particular, in this particular section that we're looking at today. Descripción, diagnosis, prescripción nos puede ayudar a ver la palabra de Dios. We're in particular looking at Proverbs 28 and 29, those two chapters. Estamos viendo Proverbios 28 y 29. And as I said last week, this is part of a larger section. It's part of the second major collection of wisdom that is found in, in the book of Proverbs, wisdom coming from Solomon. Es parte de la segunda colección de, de Proverbios de Salomón en el libro de, de Proverbios. Now, as we page through these two chapters, I think you're going to find things that are similar to what we've seen before. You're going to find in here... Proverbs that have to deal with everyday life. You're going to find Proverbs that are talking about things like greed or the poor and how to deal with that or, or, or the tongue or anger. Hay proverbios en cuanto a la avaricia, cómo tratar a los pobres, el enojo, el, el uso de la lengua, etc. But there's also something distinctive in this section that I want to highlight. In this particular part, in these two chapters, we find that King Solomon is spending a lot of time talking about the rule of kings and about the role of government. Salomón habla del reino de los reyes y el papel del gobierno. And in particular what he's doing it seems is he's making a contrast between what happens when the righteous are in charge and what happens when wicked people are in authority. Hay un contraste entre cuando los justos y los injustos gobiernan. Three times in particular, I want to point this out. Look at Proverbs 28:12. Proverbios 28:12. Listen to what it says. When the righteous triumph, there is great elation. But when the wicked rise to power, Men go into hiding. Cuando los justos triunfan, se hace gran fiesta. Cuando los impíos se imponen, todo el mundo se esconde. Go down to 28, 28, 28, 28. When the wicked rise to power, people go into hiding. It says it again. But when the wicked perish, the righteous thrive. Cuando triunfan los impíos, la gente se esconde. Cuando perecen, los justos prosperan. Chapter 29, verse 2, 29, 2. When the righteous thrive, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. Cuando los justos prosperan, el pueblo se alegra. Cuando los impíos gobiernan, el pueblo gime. Now, we need to be careful here and understand that what we seem to have here is a description. 
and not a prescription. Eso parece ser una descripción, no una prescripción. When the wicked rule, people go into hiding. Cuando los injustos gobiernan, la gente se esconde. That's not saying that that's a prescription for what we should do. It's not saying that when bad people are in authority, we ought to duck and run and run for cover and hide. No dice que debemos escondernos cuando los impíos gobiernan. It's saying that's what's going to happen, however. When there are wicked forces in authority, people are going to scatter and run and hide. When the wicked rule, the people cry out, the people grumble, the people, uh, it says in 29.2, groan. Cuando los impíos gobiernan, el pueblo gime. That's not saying that when there are uh, unjust rulers in authority, that what we need to do is just grumble and grouse and complain and pitch a fit and make a big noise, that that's the only thing that we could do. No, debe, no dice que debemos quejarnos simplemente. No, it's saying that that's what you're going to find. That's naturally what is going to occur when you've got inept leadership. Cuando tienes líderes incapaces, vas a tener mucho gemido. There's another couple of verses that I think are descriptive of this kind of situation. Let's look at Proverbs 28.2. Otro versículos que describen esto. 28.2. When a country is rebellious, it has Many rulers. Cuando hay rebelión en el país, los caudillos se multiplican. Proverbs 29.4 By justice, a king gives a country stability, but one who is greedy for bribes tears it down. Con justicia reda estabilidad al país cuando lo abruma con tributos lo destruye. The idea here that seems to be coming out is that when a country, when a people, and even when a government loses sight of what is right, loses sight of what is just, loses sight of what is fair and truthful and prudent and good, that this is what you're going to see. You're going to see many different rulers, many different leaders jockeying for power. There's going to be power struggles. Que cuando un país pierde la vista de lo que es bueno, justo y verdad, va a haber muchos caudillos que se multiplican y, y combaten el uno al otro. You're going to have chaos instability, corruption, bribes. Vas a tener soborno, inestabilidad, caos, corrupción. Now, as I describe this, I wish I could say that this is just a theoretical situation. Parece ser algo teorético? No. I think for you and me, this is more than theoretical. This is a pretty good picture of the times in which we are living. Es un retrato en los tiempos en los que vivimos. Now, before you think, this is the point where Pastor Russ is going to go off the rails and start getting into political commentary about past leadership or present leadership in this country. Uh, I want to assure you that's not where I'm heading. No estoy por hacer comentarios acerca de los líderes actuales o los pasados. That's not what I'm talking about because I believe that what Proverbs is describing here goes deeper than that. Lo que describe es más profundo. What Proverbs is getting at here is something that goes deeper than who was or is the President of the United States. 
Tiene que ver con algo más profundo de quién es o era el presidente. It has to do with something that is much more involved than simply who was or is in Congress or who's on the Supreme Court or how many people there ought to be. Tiene que ver con más que quienes están en el Congreso en la Suprema Corte. This is a global problem that's being described here. Es un problema global. It's global in the sense that it's a worldwide problem. It's global in the sense that it goes deeper and wider than simply this country. Va más allá, es un problema global. I don't think I have to work very hard to tell you we're living in troubled times. We're living in divided and difficult times. Estamos en tiempos turbados. But the problem is not just government. That's just the tip of the iceberg. El gobierno es solo la parte, la cima del iceberg. Uh, Bill Bright, who founded Youth for Christ, talks about seven mountains of culture. And I think we could use those to evaluate and describe what we're living in our world today. Hay siete montañas de la cultura. The problem is not just with what's going on in our government. I think we also see that these issues are at work in the mass media, in, in the media. Está en los medios de la comunicación, news networks, and not only that, social media. And these things are combining to where there's all kinds of scattered versions of what's going on in our world. There is information, misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy, and all kinds of things on all ends of the spectrum. Hay tanto, uh, tanta información falsa. It's hard to know what to believe. The media was set up to tell the truth. Where is it? There's also deep dysfunction in other areas of our society. Hay disfunción. The arts and entertainment, el arte, el entretenimiento. That includes Hollywood, which for years has been portraying a certain narrative of what life, what the good life really is, and that the good life is not what God would say it is, but what Hollywood thinks it is. Hollywood nos da una versión de lo que es la buena vida. But it goes beyond that. It also goes into the realm of sports, where we're seeing all kinds of crazy stuff going on in sports right now. El deporte, popular music, the same thing. Messages coming out of popular music that are trying to convince us of a certain way and saying that this is good, la música popular. There are deep problems in our education system right now. La educación. At all levels. Just ask any student who's going to screen, I mean to school right now. Just ask any teacher, ask any administrator, ask any parent. There's problems in the education system. An education that's supposed to give people knowledge is now trying to reduce the knowledge and indoctrinate in many places. Hay indoctrinación en la educación. And then there is another area which I can't even begin to talk about. Business and negocio. And we see business now where we see these massive conglomerates that are coming together, many of them in big tech, but not exclusively so. And they're chewing up and eating everything in their path. And it seems like small businesses are nowhere to be found. And there are forces at work. In fact, there are listening devices. There are tracking devices on you and me in the control of big business. 
Hay, hay aparatos que nos dan. They, share, they tell where you've been, when you go, how often you go, where you get your Starbucks, where you get your food, when you go to bed, when you get up. And hey, Google, hey, Alexa, big business is listening. El comercio. And all of these things, we think about them. They're having a negative impact on two other uh, segments of society which is the family and the church. Esto impacta negativamente en la familia y en la iglesia. But before we play the victim, before we say, oh, poor family, poor church, we're just the victims. No way. There's, there's stuff inside the family that's rotten. That's not right. Hay cosas dentro de la familia. And the church as well. Y la iglesia. Just this week, revelations of a major ministry figure involved in a multiple year scandal of sexual abuse. And we shake our heads and say, what's happening in the church? Hay un líder que estaba en un, 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 un escándalo del sexo esta semana. Muchas cosas. So this is a description of what's going on. And, and so the Bible would say that there are evil forces of foolishness and godlessness and wickedness that are involved in all of these sectors of society. Hay fuerzas malvadas en todos estos sectores. Ephesians 2, 2 calls it the kingdom of the power of the air. Es el reino de, de tinieblas. It's the spirit that's at work in the disobedient. El Espíritu en los desobedientes. And, and this atmosphere, this atmosphere of evil in our world that seems to be controlling and oppressing comes to us many times through this omnipresent thing called the Internet. Esta cosa que es la Internet que nos da esta atmósfera del mal. And, and, and so I don't want to get you down here, but we got to ask the question, what's going on? ¿Qué pasa? I believe that there's one verse in this section, Proverbs 29, verse 18, that gives us a good diagnosis. Tenemos una diagnosis, Proverbios 29, 18. The first part of that verse, it simply says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Donde no hay visión, el pueblo se extravía. Other versions say, where there is no vision, the people perish. Donde no hay revelación, el pueblo perece. What's this saying? This is talking about the problem. This is the diagnosis. And the diagnosis, I would like to call theotopsia. Theotopsia, theotopsia. Now, it's not a real word. I just made it up to sound like an expert. Okay? Theotopsia means a faulty vision of God. Es una visión, una falta de visión de Dios. Where there is no revelation of God, of His rule, of His authority and influence in the world, where there is no vision that there is a God that is real and that we must deal with, donde no hay revelación de Dios y su reino, una visión de Dios, What's going to happen? The people will cast off restraint. Society will cast off restraint. El pueblo se extravía. 
And people will do whatever they want, however they want, whenever they want, wherever they want. La gente va a hacer que quiera, cuando quiera, como quiera, donde quiera. That's what we're seeing. You see, when God is not taken into account, where God is not seen, donde no se ve a Dios, what happens? Society becomes its own standard of wisdom. Whatever we think is right is right. Whatever we think is wrong is wrong. And society's fighting over right and wrong right now to see who's got the most power to declare what is wise and what is good. La sociedad declara su propio estándar de lo que es sabio. Uh, there is a, a series of videos made by a Christian thinker by the name of Francis Schaeffer. They were made about 50 years ago, almost 50 years ago. Francis Schaeffer era un pensador cristiano. He made this series of videos. They're out there. It's called, How Should We Then Live? And there's a statement in those videos. He traces all of Western history and he says, here's the deal. When there is no absolute truth by which to judge society, society becomes absolute. Donde no hay Verdad absoluta para juzgar la sociedad. Él dice, la sociedad se hace absoluta. What, what does that mean? Basically, what it's saying is that when society can no longer see God and take him into account, society becomes God. Donde la sociedad no ve a Dios, la sociedad se hace a sí misma. Dios. That's where we are. When you begin to take God out of government, when you begin to push God out of the arts and entertainment, and when you don't have God and his truth in the media, and when you no longer are portraying and, and sharing God in education, and when business is pushing God to the margins, and when the family and the church are weak in their vision of God, what you're going to have is what we're getting. Donde Dios está extraviado de, de estas cosas, eh, despachado de, de, de la educación, de los medios de comunicación, del gobierno, del comercio. Eso es lo que estamos viviendo. Troubled times. Chaotic times. Tiempos difíciles. And that makes us want to cry out. Is there a doctor in the house? Hay un doctor en la casa. We've got a description here. We've got a diagnosis. But what's the prescription? ¿Cuál es la prescripción? La receta. Let's go to Proverbs. We find, I think, through several verses, a, a, a prescription for theotopsia. Proverbs 29, 18, the verse we read before, 29, 18, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds Wisdom's instruction. Donde no hay visión, el pueblo se extravía. Dichosos los que son obedientes a la ley. Blessed are the ones who follow, obey the instruction of wisdom, the law of God, the principles of God. Those who have God in account. Los que siguen a Dios. Proverbs 28, 26. 28-26. He who trusts in himself is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. Necesario es el que confía en sí mismo, el que actúa con sabiduría se pone a salvo. And then Proverbs 29, 25, 29-25. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Temer a los hombres resulta una trampa, pero el que confía en el Señor sale bien librado. Proverbs 28, 13. 
He who conceals his sin does not prosper. Whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Quien encubre sus pecados jamás prospera. Quien lo confiesa y lo deja haya perdón. And then the verse that I've asked you to memorize this month, Proverbs 28, 14, 28, 14. I want to invite you to recite it with me. Vamos a recitarlo juntos, first in English. Blessed is the one who always trembles before God, but whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. Dichoso el que siempre teme al Señor, pero el obstinado caerá en la desgracia. You see, when you have theotopsia, here's the thing. Changing presidents won't fix that. Cambiar de presidentes no, no arregla teotopsia. You're not going to fix theotopsia by getting your news from a different channel, a different source. Cambiando de, de, de las noticias, el canal de las noticias no te va a ayudar. When you've got theotopsia, going to the movies to get a new outlook on life is not going to help you. When you've got theotopsia, getting more education will not do it because the education system, as I said before, is broken. Si vas a, 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 a la escuela, no vas a curar la teotopsia. None of these things are going to cure theotopsia. Because you see, the problem is not just out there. It's easy to talk about the problems out there. El problema no está por fuera. The problems here and here. Faulty vision, lack of spiritual vision, and a heart broken by sin. El problema está aquí. Y aquí, falta de visión de Dios y un corazón quebrantado. And here is the solution. Here is the prescription for theotopsia, for a lack of seeing God. If you cannot see God, the first thing you've got to see is your own sin. Hay que ver el propio pecado. Those who conceal their sins will not prosper. El que encubre su pecado no prospera. The prescription is to, is to give up the fear of man, the worship of of human ingenuity, human progress, human ability, es dejar el temor del hombre, la adoración de progreso humano, and it is to exchange that for the fear of the Lord, which is to trust in God, and not those other things. Government, the media, education, arts and entertainment, all that. Es confiar en Dios y no en esas otras cosas. What we're talking about here, if I can try to explain it, is a reality, a, a power, a government that is way beyond the governments of this world. And it's something that you can only see with spiritual eyes. It's called the kingdom of God. It's called the rule of God. Se trata del reino de Dios. Jesus talked about it in Luke 17, 20. Lucas 17, 20. Jesus says the, here in Luke 17, 20, the kingdom of God does not come with careful observation, nor will people say here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is, is in your midst. La venida del reino de Dios no se puede someter a cálculos, no van a decir mírenlo acá, mírenlo allá. Dense cuenta que el reino de Dios está entre ustedes. You're not always going to see what God is up to with physical eyes. You're not always going to see what he's doing in the world. And right now, it may be especially hard to see. No vas a ver siempre lo que Dios está haciendo, but that doesn't mean it's not real. 
requires spiritual eyes, an openness to God, a persistent trust in Him. Requiere apertura a Dios. Humility. And a response of love. Requiere humildad y una respuesta del amor. And Jesus, again, talks about this in Matthew 24:12. He's talking about the end of the age. Mateo 24, 12, he says, Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Habrá tanta maldad que el amor de muchos se enfriará, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Pero el que se mantenga firme hasta el fin será salvo. Stands firm in what? In a faith in God. A love for God. You see, it is God's love and not the power of this world that is the greatest force. God's love will ultimately rule over everything and already does. El amor de Dios reina sobre todo. The question is, do you believe it? Do we believe that? Do you actually believe that love is greater than power? God's love? ¿Creen que el amor de Dios es más grande que el poder? If we do, we're going to fight with love. Not with hate. The love of Jesus Christ. And, and so in these troubled times when oppressive forces are threatening to tear us apart, the prescription of wisdom is trust God, renounce sin, plant seeds of love in the world and the people around you. La prescripción de la sabiduría es confiar en Dios, renunciar al pecado y plantar las semillas del amor. What we're talking about here is making God more visible in our world today where people don't see God, making Him more visible by living as mature disciples of Jesus Christ because mature disciples know how to love. Se trata de vivir como discípulos maduros del Señor Jesucristo. So that becomes the challenge. That becomes the question. And when I say love, I'm not talking about Valentine's Day kind of love where you go buy balloons and chocolates. I'm talking about a self-giving love, a self-sacrificing love. Es un amor que sacrifica. Peter talks about it. 1 Peter 2, verse 12 Primero Pedro 2.12, he says, Live such good lives among the pagans, among the people who don't believe and see God, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Mantengan entre los incrédulos una conducta tan ejemplar que aunque los acusen de hacer el mal, ellos observen las buenas obras de ustedes y glorifiquen a Dios en el día de la salvación. We live like that. We're saying there's a different reality. The love of God, the love of Jesus Christ conquered all the powers of the world on the cross. What is the most powerful thing that ever happened? Jesus dying and rising again from the dead. He's the king. El murió resucitó. So the question I think for us is what can we do to demonstrate that love of Jesus Christ, to follow Him as mature disciples. How can we plant those seeds of, of God's unexpected, refreshing love in the lives of people around us, whether they believe or whether they don't believe? ¿Cómo plantar estas semillas del amor en las vidas? 
Again, 1 Peter 2, 17 says this. It says, live as free people in verse 16. And then it says, show proper respect to everyone. Love the believers. Fear God. Honor the king. Den a todos el debido respeto. Amen a los hermanos. Temen a Dios. Respeten al rey. That last part, fear God, honor the king. That's Proverbs 24, 21. Teman a Dios, honren al rey. Proverbios 24, 21. So this is not at all an invitation for Christians to go running and hiding. For us to just wait out the storm. No es una invitación para escondernos. Not at all. In fact, I think we ought to be in all these other areas. There should be Christians in government. There should be Christians in education. There should be Christians in the media. There should be Christians in the arts and entertainment. Los cristianos debemos estar en todos los sectores de la sociedad. This is not an invitation to run and hide. It's not an invitation to just grumble and complain. We know how to do that real well. But that's not what we're called to do. It's an invitation to take up arms. Es una invitación para llevar armas. Spiritual weapons, not physical ones. Let me be clear. People get into trouble with that, so I'm not going to say that. Spiritual weapons. Armas espirituales. It's a call to revolt. It's a call to revolution in a godly way. And so, wisdom invites us to the table this morning. And here we find the prescription. Aquí la prescripción. This is the prescription for what ails you and me. Symbolized here in the bread and the cup. Es la receta por lo que nosotros sufrimos en el pan y la copa. It's the body and the blood of Jesus Christ given in love for sinners. El cuerpo y la sangre de Cristo entregados en amor por los pecadores. That's the prescription for us. And as we take the prescription, we are called to go out and offer the prescription. A recibir la receta, la prescripción, nos llama Dios a dar la prescripción. The prescription is the king, Jesus. He is the prescription for troubled times. La prescripción es Jesús, la receta para tiempos difíciles. I want to invite you to pray with me. Oremos. Heavenly Father, we look at the forces at work in our world today and we can feel at times so weak so incapable of dealing with the chaos going on. Frente a las divisiones del mundo nos sentimos débiles, Señor. But we're here to remind ourselves that you are the good and wise king and your kingdom never fails, never fades. Tu reino nunca se envanece, nunca se pierde. Gracias, Señor.
Thank you, Jesus. We come asking that you would meet with us here by the power of your Spirit, that the bread which we break, the cup which we bless, by faith would bring us into communion with the body and blood of Christ. Pedimos que este pan que comemos, esta copa que bebemos, nos traiga en lo espiritual, nos ayude a acercarnos al cuerpo y a la sangre del Señor Jesús. In the silence we confess before you our failures, our pride, our dependence upon ourselves and even on our society. Hear our prayer, hear our silent confession. Escucha nuestra confesión, Señor. Lord, bring us together. May we as your people be a symbol to the rest of the world that Christians are not just different, we are loving because of Jesus. Que seamos símbolo que los cristianos no solo somos diferentes, somos llenos de amor por el Señor Jesús. It's in Christ's name that we ask this. In el nombre del Señor Jesús. Amen. We do have uh, small communion kits available, and we have some people ready to distribute those. If you do not have one and need one, raise your hand. I'm sure somebody can get that to you. I'll be giving you instructions on that in just a moment. Les voy a dar instrucciones acerca de estos paquetes en un momento. The Lord Jesus, the same night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks with his disciples, he broke it and gave it to them, saying... Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. El Señor Jesús, el, la misma noche en que fue entregado, tomó el pan. Y dando gracias, lo partió y se lo dio a sus discípulos diciendo, Tomen, coman, este es mi cuerpo que por ustedes es partido. Hagan esto en memoria de mí. The same Way also after they had supped, he took the cup. And when they had supped, he said, this cup is the new testament, the new covenant made in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Tomó también de la copa diciendo, esta copa es la nueva, el nuevo pacto hecho en mi sangre. As often as you drink of this, do this in remembrance of me. Cada vez que tomen de ella, que lo hagan en memoria de mí. All those, as I said before, who have trusted in Jesus, who desire by God's grace to turn away from sin, to follow in the direction and rule of Christ, are welcome here. Los que han profesado el Señor Jesús, que quieren dejar atrás el pecado y seguir a Cristo, son bienvenidos aquí. If you're not at that place yet, we don't want to obligate you or force you to be there. You're welcome to simply observe. Los que no estén en ese lugar pueden observar sin ningún prejuicio. So I want to invite you to open up the package and there's a small piece of bread on the top. 
un poco de pan encima. The thinner foil or the plastic will help you to get there. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. El pan que partimos es la comunión del cuerpo de Cristo. Just as you open your mouth, I invite you to open your heart and eat in faith. Abra la boca el corazón y coman en fe. And then you want to open up the cup. Pueden abrir la copita. The cup which we bless is the communion of the blood of Christ. La copa de bendiciones es la comunión de la sangre de Cristo. Again, I invite you to open and drink all of it in faith. Que beban en fe.